Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is Pastor Kevin Rollins with Blow the Trumpet Ministries. Come and join us every Sunday, 1130 a.m. at 1609 Havana Street, Aurora, Colorado, 80010 in the Village Exchange Center building. We love God. We love people while making disciples along the way. Come and join us. I'll be coming out of Genesis 3. Verses 1 through 24. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, as your word says, Obedience is better than sacrifice, Father, dear Lord. So we ask, Father, dear Lord, that you keep us on the wrong course, right course, Father, dear Lord, in our life, Father, dear Lord, and stay off the wrong course, Father, dear Lord. Father, dear Lord, we want to be obedient to your word and your instruction, Father, dear Lord, as we go into each and every day, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. I'll be going through a few verses one at a time and then kind of explaining certain things about those verses. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, as God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. We're going to stop right there. What are the exact words used to describe God in Genesis all the way through the first sentence? Lord God. Lord God. And what are the exact words that Satan used to describe God? God. And my point being is that Satan believes in God, but does not accept him as Lord and King. See, Satan employs two subtle devices. The first is he carefully refers to God in such a way that on the surface he appears to acknowledge God but in reality gets seemed to think of God as less than absolute sovereign and king. Satan undermines God's authority. Number two, he misquotes God's word. Satan uses enough of God's word to make it sound authentic, but changes its substance so that you actually end up questioning the very word of God rather than affirming it. This further erodes God's authority. Whenever Satan acts in his role as a serpent, he is employing the tools of deception. His deceit is always framed with the words and phrases that give it the surface appearance of legitimacy, but in reality is plotting to undermine both God's authority and his word. Let's move on. Chapter 2, I mean verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Here, 
Eve does not question Satan's misrepresentations, but gives him credibility by responding to him as if he's raised a legitimate issue. The entire matter would have been immediately resolved if instead she asserted that it wasn't her or Satan's place to question God or pointed out his misrepresentations. Satan outright lied, but he mixed it with some truth. He knew that it would result in death, but that it also result in knowing good and evil. Eve opened the door by challenging him, and second, because his primary appeal is to his pride. You will be like God. Satan's attacks are designed to undermine the person and authority of God, undermine the authority and the meaning of his word, render the truth ineffective by laying it alongside with a lie and working these things together so that pride and self combine to replace the rightful place of God in our lives. Praise the Lord. Come on, y'all. Stay with me. Let's see what's next on this agenda. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they knew they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. Satan got her to focus on her own desire, ignoring completely the desires, instructions of God. The lust of her eyes led her to choose to please herself rather than to please God. Satan couldn't get to Adam directly, so he got to Adam indirectly through Eve. It reveals what Jesus refers to in the parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13, 24 through 30, that every generation of believer who has to deal with Satan's infiltration of the church and the working through others to influence the otherwise righteous. We're going to continue to move on. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to them and said to him, where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman who you gave to be with me, she gave me from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. See, neither takes direct responsibility for their actions, nor do they acknowledge that it is God that they have wronged. They seem completely self-focused. Adam blames Eve and Eve blames the serpent. Neither directly respond to God's question. See, Adam attempts to justify his actions, the woman you gave to be with me. Adam, hallelujah. 
might be implying uh-huh that the creator is responsible for his creation even when it chooses to follow actions contrary to his will what may have started out as the things of god may be misused by man or satan to act contrary to god what is given for holy purposes can be misused the creator does not intend for the creator to commit evil it does so out of its own free will of choice let's keep on keeping on the lord god said to the serpent because you have done this cursed to you more than all cattle more than every beast of the fields on your belly you will go and dust you will eat all the days of your life and I will put intimately intimacy between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed she shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the hill to the woman he said I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth in pain you will bring forth children yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you then to adam he said because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which i commanded you saying you shall not eat from it cursed is the ground because of you and toil you will eat of it all the days of your life both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you and you will eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground because from it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you shall return see each of them had consequences satan since it was god's authority that he challenged then it would be god's authority through god's son that satan will be subdued and conquered eve since she allowed god's authority to be set aside she will have to learn to apply it through the lessons of earthly subjection to male authority and since she threatened all life by allowing sin and rebellion the pain of bearing new life will provide a permanent render of the consequences of choosing to live outside God's guidelines for true life and Adam he held ultimately and finally responsible for allowing sin to enter and take hold on earth the price of sin is death to not only teach of the consequences of sin but to markedly differentiate between the holiness and the person of God and man who is mortal and subordinate since creation was a victim of Adam's sin creation would not cooperate instead provide resistance as a reminder of what Adam did help us lord now the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all the living the lord god made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them the fig leaf was man's attempt at his own cover up they should be shown wearing animal fur skins by which god showed them that the penalty of sin is death that blood is required to atone for sin. Hallelujah, thank you Lord for your saving grace. Then the Lord God said, "Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now, 
he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out and at the east of the garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. It will be cherubim that cover the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat of God. It speaks of extraordinary lengths to which man is going to have to go to come back into the presence of God. So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a living spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man is from the earth, earthly. The second man is from heaven. And is the earthly, so are also those who are earthly. And is the heavenly, so also those who are heavenly. Just as we have borne the image of the earthly, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. Hallelujah, praise God. At its height, a curse is given directly to the serpent. Curse to you. With Adam, there is a slight mitigation. The ground is cursed because of Adam, but he is not cursed directly as the serpent was. Finally, with Eve, the word curse is not even used. The curse of the serpent climaxes in verse 15. I will put intimately enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring, the seed, her offspring, the seed, and she shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Eve did not die on the very day she ate of the tree. She lived long enough to bear children. Pain and childbirth was multiplied, but childbirth nevertheless occurred. Adam named Eve appropriately. The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Through Eve would come life. Technically, seed is a combination of egg and sperm. So neither man nor woman has seed, but both are required to produce seed. See, Genesis depicts two lines of seed engaged in holy war. Eve bore Cain. Her confidence in God's promise was strong. I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord, and yet this man Cain was actually of the evil one and killed his righteous brother Abel. See, Cain proved to be of the serpent's line, which seemed initially to gain the upper hand. God's judgment on Cain alluded to the curses in Genesis 3, and now you are cursed from the ground. Cain was like his biological father, Adam, in being cursed from the ground, but he was also like his spiritual father, the devil, in that he received the curse himself. You are cursed from the ground. What we see next in contrast between what we might call the two patriarchs of different seed. Cain was ahead of the line of the serpent and Seth of the line of the promise. Cain proceeded to build an evil empire, Though Adam and Eve were sent east of Eden, Cain willingly went even farther east from God's presence. He built a city, had a son Enoch, and named the city, literally called it after him. Note, the next time we read of someone building a city, it is another serpent city in the east, Babel. In spite of the culture achievements of Cain's line, we see it 
accumulating in the birth of Lamanek, the seventh generation. God promised sevenfold vengeance in Genesis 4.15 upon anyone who would murder Cain, but Lamanek acted as though he was greater than God, capable of melting out sevenfold vengeance. Help us, Lord. Had the serpent seed of Cain mounted a true challenge to God's promise? In Genesis 4.25, we read of the line of the promise. Eve bore a replacement for righteous Abel's Seth. With Seth's son, there is a continued interest in the names of the people. To Seth also was a son born. He called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the Lord. Seth's line accumulates in the birth of better Enoch than the Canaanite Enoch. Enoch was the seventh generation of Seth, but he was opposite of the seventh generation of Canaanite, Lamech. Where Lamech boasted of being greater than God, Enoch walked with God. Come on, praise the Lord, and did not taste death. Next came a better, different Lamech a Sethite, who fathered a son, Noah. Upon Noah's birth, Lamech said, Out of the ground of the Lord has cursed, this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the painful toil of our hands. Noah was a type of Christ. Being a righteous man among adulterous people, his line was saved, but the serpentine line mostly perished. The flood was not the consummate striking of the serpent's head. Noah's son Ham would carry on the serpent's line. Yet the day would come when the promised seed Christ himself would arrive. This seed would deliver the definite blow to the serpent. In the new creation, no Ham will be left to lead a new resistance. Hallelujah. Contains a redemptive storyline of the entire Bible promising that through holy war will be engaged between the two lines. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's part one of Seeds. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just lift you up, Father, dear Lord. We just thank you, Father, dear Lord, that you just are so awesome that you give us that Father, dear Lord, that water, Father, that life-giving water that gives us eternal life, Father. Let us continue, Father, dear Lord, to listen to you, Father, dear Lord, for instruction. In Jesus' name, amen.